0: This is Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise, standing by on the bridge with the Christmas Song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire! (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. I don't even fucking know what anymore. I don't know why we're doing this, guys. <sighs> it's only Tuesday. It's only day two, and I've had it. On this episode of the X-Canon Podcast, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks, Season 1, Episode 2, Envoys. Original air date, August 13th, 2020. Let's let's get some reaction. Tyler, what did you think of the episode?
0: Alternate title. I watched Archer. Guys, have <laughs> you seen have you seen Archer? Have you like literally they stole three jokes from Archer in this episode, and like not like the recent season of Archer, like season one Archer. Also, like why did we have to bring back Ferengi stereotypes? Like, even the Star Trek team was like, oh, shit, we created Space Juice. Oh, yeah. dang it. We gotta undo that. And this show was like, no, it's funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I just like, shit. Just,
2: I hate this. Tyler, if you keep this up, you're gonna get coal under your tree.
0: Oh, I think. I'll... I think
1: someone's shitting in your stocking already. There, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Look, this is this is the coal under my tree this year. <laughs> this is this is my punishment. God oh, has but. punished me for my hubris, and my work never ceases.
2: Phil, I am so sorry.
0: As the resident less trekkie, how how did this one feel? Was it a soothing balm or an angry piece of coal? Uh, <laughs> I,
1: again, I I just thought it was lazy. If anything, I'm I'm not an archer fan, so. I've not really been exposed too much to that end of things, so I don't have that comparison there to do. But the episode was lazy, and it makes fun of itself for being that lazy. It 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 starts to, you know, lean into the ludicrous behaviors that would the show say, is exploiting.
0: Would you say this this show made a cow po- Made a cow pie and wanted to eat it too?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So. I'm going to do for Phil and people who haven't necessarily seen Archer. So the pitch behind Archer is that he is a rule-breaking alcoholic secret agent whose mm. mom runs the agency so he can't be fired.
1: Uh.
0: Who, a recurring joke, is that he doesn't read mission briefings. So all of that is in this episode. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and, like, again, that's season one Archer.
1: Yeah the girl says that I, 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 I didn't I even read the thing the mission yeah. brief.
0: I yeah. mostly skinned mission brief Which is literally from Archer
1: I Totally Is it also a political statement about what's going on In the states
0: I mean probably
1: I hate to say it but we got nepotism We got people not reading Their daily briefs
0: sure.
1: <laughs> Their mission briefs Like I, I think that there's a, a Political subtext or commentary about I mean, that. But
0: yeah, Star Trek and Star Wars have always been bananas yeah. political. If you like to pretend now that it yeah. wasn't, but like Star Wars, Star Trek, Star, Star Trek had the first interracial kiss on television. Mm-hmm. And like they've always been pushing that. And they were, they're basically space communists. Yeah. Uh, I also want to note that two characters are just rewritten for this episode. <laughs> Um our our medical science team person, her personality just has changed sixty percent from the previous yep. episode. Yep. She just her priorities no longer exist. It's all been changed for this instance. So characterization, don't care about that too much either. Yeah.
2: Well, here's the thing though. So we had a different writer and a different director in this episode, and clearly they don't work together from you know, in this bigger writer's room. So, we get the cold open on the Suratos, and it's infiltrated by trans-dimensional energy creatures. Uh, the being meets its match in Mariner, who attempts to stuff it in a tube before coaxing out of it a fancy new tricorder. Um, it gets winnowed down to a speck. The creature still tries to loom large, but accident- accidentally gets squashed on the uniform of Captain Freeman. Enter intro. Which... As Phil mentioned, I do like the intro um, I kind of like how it kind of sets up the show In the sense of, you know, it's unimportant in the Federation There's a scene when there's a big fight with um, the Klingons the And Romulans. the Borg, and it kind of turns around And says, fuck that shit So, you know, there you go Yeah, the,
1: the Romulan birds of prey are fighting the Borg cubes Klingon birds of prey Like, that's as Star Trekky as I get I know <laughs> that name of that ship.
2: Alright, so... Ensign Boimler boasts to Mariner and Tendi oh, no. about his new
0: assignment. Eh. Tyler? Just ignore me. Just ignore me. Keep going.
2: Alright. <laughs> so Ensign Boimler boasts to Mariner and Tendy about his new assignment. He's playing escort to a decorated Klingon general Korin, transporting him to Accords on Talagana 4. As Boimler brushes up on his Klingon greetings, Rutherford pops out of a Uh, Jeffrey's Tube, blistered yet ecstatic. He recounts spending a week inside the Cerritos doing engineering work, but his occupational life butts up against his social life as he has to choose between follow-up work and his promise that he'd watch a pulsar with Tandy. Deciding not to go back on his word, Rutherford now faces the simple task of finding a less intensive division on the ship in less than 24 hours.
1: Which, to be honest, there's a joke in here. That I thought was hilarious every time they did it And that is when he goes and he tells Whichever division that he's in Like he's in engineering And he goes to the the head engineer Who's like praising the crap out of him And he goes uh, Funny you, you talk about this But I want to switch divisions And then you think that it's going to be like What the hell you know, and, and the guy's a poor reaction But instead Yay, good for you. You're going to get new opportunities. You're going to do this. You're going to you're going to really excel and be somewhere else. And yeah. it's just it was so Star Trek, it made me laugh.
0: That's cute. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, point but as,
1: out. as Tyler had pointed out, you know, it's a society where you don't need to be working and whatnot. And I just think that the, that that was a funny take on it. It's exaggerated and it's stupid, but it actually was a joke that landed for me.
0: Oh, that was decent. His, his part of that subplot was okay because yeah. mm-hmm. it was like finding a place in this world and what you like and what you're good at on this are the same. But like, Candy just had to ask him two questions. Yeah. And like in the previous episode, she agrees with him that doing your job well is the most important thing. Just...
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the whole thing was just there to serve a story that they wanted to tell
0: and that it plot.
1: betrayed a character it it betrayed like it ultimately like spoiler alert ultimately she could have just asked him would it be okay if i go into a jefferies tube and watch the pulsar on my ipad
0: yeah <laughs> that's what it comes down to
1: yeah like it it, it was just like jedi fall in order it just invalidated itself at the end <laughs> like oh this is what we're doing now all
2: right So we're going to move on, Boimler is, you know, he's um, super happy, he's decked out in his finest dress uniform, he's throwing finger guns at engineers, his confidence falls when he sees Mariner will now be accompanying him, it doesn't help that she shows her dedication to the mission by concentrating on slurping down ramen and playing with the new blast shields, over in engineering, Rutherford anxiously requests a transfer from his supervisor, Despite his initial intensity, Chief Engineer Billups is joyous to see his prodigy exploring another path with the rest of engineering, surprisingly cheering his name in celebration of their departing comrades. So again, that was a fun little part. I do think that, you know, that um, that Rutherford story, that should have been the episode, in my opinion. That
0: should have been the A-plot.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah All I mean- right, so... Boimler initially thinks that Mariner came onto the mission to annoy him. The truth later comes out when Korn actually comes on board. The two previously worked in off-the-books, great ops stuff. Um, They now have a warm reunion, engaging in a friendly fight. As Boimler tries to maintain the sanity of Starfleet, he becomes increasingly annoyed by the General and the Ensign, who soon find themselves drunk on blood wine, throwing out knives and stories of sexual conquest.
1: I did enjoy the joke where they go, "Where did he even get the flagons from?" Like, yeah, yeah, this is where the self-depreciating humor, like the 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 kind of making fun of yourself thing, worked for me because I'm like, I was thinking the same thing. The character saying it, it, it's making him relatable to me. Like, I'm just like, yeah, Yeah. all right, I'm I'm he's starting to really appeal to me as in his role as pseudo protagonist, right?
2: Yeah. And at this point Corrin, um, he wants some fresh gog and basically he gets shit plastered and now they don't know what to do with him.
0: Yeah. Which
1: again is a funny little element. It's it's dumb though. But it's Rick and Morty.
0: <laughs> um
1: It's it's Rick. He's he's just drunk. Yep. Hammered. Right? And and I I did think with the blast shields, I think they tried for a Simpsons joke there. I I think they tried really hard. Bed goes up, bed goes down. And blast shields up, blast shields down, blast shields up. It just didn't, you know. They're trying. They're really trying, everybody.
0: Trying so bad.
1: Yeah, it kind of hurts.
2: All right. (laughs) So we're back on the Cerritos. Rutherford tries his first possible new career in command. Commander Ransom puts him through a holodeck simulation of several scenarios, and the rolls go as well as expected for the ensign. Whether it's somehow causing 105% casualties or accidentally eliminating the toddler population of the ship, it's clear the red uniform is not the path for him elsewhere. Boimler takes a breather in front of a giant um, fountain. Um, he gets poised. He gets propositioned by a woman who reads his mind to know his preference for the mysterious jam-er-thon. Uh Mariner swoops in just in time to save him from the woman who turns out to be a reptilian creature who was seducing him to lay eggs in his throat.
0: Did you know that books are dumb, and you're dumb if you like books or learning? <laughs>
1: Oh man, Tyler is officially salty. Tyler tonight. Yep. <laughs> so salty about this show.
0: Like this, the entire thesis is, haha, nerd.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. This entire show. But the rules were dumb. Haha, nerd.
1: But they're doing. It's simplistic. I agree. I'm not trying to defend this. I don't know who the target audience is. I, that's one thing I don't understand the age metrics of a show like this because Star Trek fans are generally a little bit longer in the tooth. Not always there's it's it appeals to all generations. I get that. but this show is really aimed at kids, but not because you've got adult themes, right You've got the 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 Klingons like hammered um this the stuff that they're dealing with is very adult ish. Not super explicit, but it's couched in that area. But I think the theme is aimed at uh, as aimed at a kid in terms of this episode of, well, just because you follow the rule book doesn't mean you know like that you're any better, like street smarts have a place, following the rules have a place, and this is qualifying it with extremes, yeah, that's as good of a summation as I can put on this episode. I just don't know who that lands for. Like who hasn't figured that out? But it doesn't. It it doesn't doesn't land though.
0: Because his entire shtick is undermined because she set it up. Yeah. And her setting up means no rules are dumb.
1: Yeah. But he's happy not knowing. Ignorance is bliss. She yeah, ignorance is bliss, yeah. But she also realizes that he has value. Yeah. His his book smarts. Coupled with her street smarts Or experience Combined have a positive effect For both of them Yeah. And she's obviously characterized As this wild person Because it suits the story And it suits her character arc With her parental types And it also Matriculates into The whole Star Trek Rules are rules we follow yep. process,
0: except again that isn't that isn't so much of what Star Trek is. People make fun of it, but it's always about like the rules being vague and open to interpretation. Mm-hmm.
1: That's true. Yeah, that is true.
2: But
0: all, all the right.
1: toddlers so,
2: died. What can I so say? back to the Bleed plot. Rutherford now takes a stab at being a medical officer. He doesn't have any bedside manners. He then gets dismissed to be part of the British security. And Lieutenant Shax welcomes him with open and very large arms. He puts Rutherford in a fighting scenario against several Borg. Rutherford's Vulcan implant is able to plan out the perfect combat strategy, showing resistance is far from futile in this case. So Rutherford has found his place as a born warrior. Again, this is... The better storyline in my opinion This goes more in hand with kind of like What if if you're trying to get like a view of the lower Decks and you're trying to not Make a mockery of Starfleet and everything Star Trek beforehand this um, This is a much better story Point in my opinion like you, like it's you trying To find your place as Tyler and Phil Talked mm-hmm. about earlier
1: I just I find that There's something going on with this And that it, it maybe relates back to Guardians of the Galaxy and whatnot but When you look at Drax and his literal interpretation of things, and how that really resonated well with a lot of autistic people or people who live with autistic people type thing. And they understand that whole like that whole Asperger's thing where it's like the literal stuff, and it's a character trait that they 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 try to use as an identifying process. I hate kind of hate it that they're doing that with the Vulcan stuff. They're couching it into a personality disorder for the guy and they're trying to you know what I mean? Like it's just weird. Hmm. I just the implant. I just find that maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought Tyler would get up like yeah, be like reacting to that somehow and it's like don't you don't <laughs>
0: Oh, no, you're right. I got there's so many other things that I'm angry about that i you're right, it's just it's so much lower on my priorities for this stuff,
1: yeah, I liked I liked him as a character and and I just found that that was a weird a weird thing that looked like it was a try hard moment for me, like it was just them trying to accomplish something or or land into a group, yeah, maybe it did maybe it didn't I didn't see much reaction to this i I don't hunt it down, so
0: i I mean, this is the both the lowest-rated and the lowest-viewed Star Trek series ever, so...
1: And naturally, we took it on on com. <laughs> That's
0: how we do. That's how we do. All
2: right, so making their next stop at an Andorian bar, Boimler sees another opportunity to do good. He sees what he thinks is an elder being accosted. He breaks up the action only for the elder to become a thieving shapeshifter. Um, so he's wrong once again. Boimler gets saved from a bar brawl that thanks to Mariner, who buys booze for everyone using money she stole from the tax holder. Frustrated at this point, he doesn't know exactly what to do. He thinks that he's lost. He thinks that he's dumb. So he makes the joke that he's going to leave Starfleet behind and join a research asteroid and uh, consign himself to a mysterious death.
1: Yeah. He's frustrated. I, the, the storytelling at this point. This was really when I started disengaging from the episode. Yep. Yeah. I didn't care about any of it. I just didn't freaking care. Yep. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, so- I was
1: more interested in in Jordy, uh, uh, but
2: yeah, exactly. So yeah. we're gonna get back to Rutherford. So Rutherford gets welcomed into the bear pack of security to an excited group of officers. Um, he's super happy. Um, and he's you know he's met with. A lot of enthusiasm, so he's happy. He feels like he's finally home. So at this point, Um, Boimler, because you know, th- shit isn't going well, he's ready to give up Starfleet. Him and Mariner, um, are walking around when they have a run in with a seedy Ferengi. Mariner shows a surprisingly naive willingness to go down a dark path with him to his ship, while Boimler is much more suspicious of his body language. Um, at this point, he's just able to expose the Ferengi as Ferengi as being malicious and pulls the mirror away to find their runabout parked in front of the embassy. The two quickly dump an unconscious Corrin at the embassy steps, brush aside the parking tickets and take off without looking back. So as Tyler mentioned, you see kind of like the Ferengi back to their whatever personality you want to call it. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of borderline racist.
0: Dare I say? Critics have called it critics have called it space anti Um, mm. They were originally designed to be one of the big bads. And the idea was it was going to be like a capitalism versus the communism of the Federation. It was going to be one of the plots for, I can't remember if it, I can't remember which show it was, but it's from that, that DS9 Voyager TNG era. They were yeah. going to be like a seasonal baddie kind of thing. And then very early on, they were like, oh no, we created Space Jews. And they tried to back, back to it. Really quickly after that, but even season one of DS9 with Quark can be pretty cringy at times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it was TNG that introduced them.
0: Yeah. They introduced yeah, them. I think and then the rewind. TNG bad guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Alright, so then that's it. The Frankie situation boosted Boimler's confidence. He's eagerly grabs his com badge back mariner asks for discretion on her mistake but even boimler won't take advantage of the opportunity to dunk on her back at the ship's bar Um, rutherford takes time away from the mocking to apologize to tendy for having to miss the pulsar but just wanting the company she decides to watch it with him on a pad rendering his day of job hunting completely useless so back to kind of what phil said the turnaround, all of the entire episode was useless for that B plot. Um, so at night, Mariner is chatting with the now dapper Ferengi, who tried to rob them earlier, revealing she set the entire thing up, giving Boimler a win. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. So she set it up to make Boimler feel good. Does this make the space anti Semitism any better, Tyler?
0: Not really. I mean, they still played into the racism, right? You still were like, we're going to make the racist joke. (laughs) But it's not racist because we didn't mean it. It's like, I don't really care if in your heart of hearts you're a racist or not, if you're doing a racism.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like putting blackface in there.
0: And again, I'm not saying this is the worst part of the episode. I'm just saying, like, they brought back a part that kind of, even people from, like, people have all kind of agreed that that wasn't great and we should not like we should not lean into it.
1: Mm-hmm. God. I, you know what it is it, it? It summed it up that fun that little scene with the girl and Jordy, and him not even paying attention to her iPad. Yeah. Like, it's what sucked. the hell is the point of any of this? Like, like, just put a nail in it. It's done. Like, jeez, don't get it. Like, it. it, yep. it it's very rare that you see a show cannibalize itself in episodes like this Yeah and It's, like it's one thing to get seasons where you, you find that they're against different seasons because of character arcs and whatnot But this is contained in like 20 minutes of storytelling They're that, betraying themselves
2: That's exactly what I was not going to say Like, you know, we had 20 minutes, two plot points First plot point was, you know, I'm a keener and, you know, not following the rules is better. The second plot point is, you know, I need to just, whatever, I guess, go with, not not venture out. Do what I was doing. I don't know. It just seemed very counterintuitive, very anti-Star Trek positive message type thing. Tyler, what are your final thoughts? I hate this. I hate this so much. And with that, Phil, how about you tell people how they can get a hold of us?
1: Oh, certainly. Well, as as same as yesterday. If you gotta hook up with Santa, you can definitely get in touch with us because Santa he comes by all the time, especially Boris's house, always. But if you're actually like using the internet, then you can go to a website called www.itscanonpodcast.com. If you're on the social media type things, you can go to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and look us up at. Itscanonpodcast.com You can email us if you have one of those Email things You can get us at show at Itscanonpodcast.com You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher Google Play, Amazon Please sign up on Amazon Leave us a review Leave us a rate And make sure you subscribe to get notified Of every single day that we're bringing out Great content like this Thank you so much for listening
2: Our content is great what we're watching might not be, but I like to think that we make it better. And we're saving our listeners time so that they don't have to watch it on this joyous time that is Christmas, which is time that is much better spent with your family than watching bullshit like Star Trek The Lower Decks. And with that said. Yeah, this is our day- gift to you. This is our gift to you, friends. And with that said, we bid you farewell. Day two has come to a close. Day three of the 12 days of Christmas coming at you tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye.